Okay. Uh, <laughs> hello and welcome to the Creative Coding Podcast. Uh, with me, Ian Lobb. No Seb today. Um, he's working. He's doing. He's teaching one of his courses. But um, we do have a very special guest. Why don't you introduce yourself? Uh, my name is Seb. No, I'm, I'm Ryan Henson Creighton from Untold Entertainment Inc. Happy to be back on the podcast after what's it been like a year? Ian? Two, two, three years? No, you were you were on the one from Flash Gaming Summit last year. So that was about a year ago. Oh, was it? I remember the one I remember is the one where uh, I was on with Dan Cook and Edmund McMillan. And she, whatever happened to those guys, right? <laughs> Am I right? That wasn't even that wasn't even this podcast, actually. That was before we started this one. But oh, really? Yeah, that was cool. What was that? Was that just like a phone conversation that you taped like a creep? Or? No, that was that was something called uh, Game Developers Radio, which was done by someone else. Oh. I was on it, yes. Um, but yeah, that's funny because both of those people are quite. Oh, were you? A, you were? You were a guest? I thought you were a host. No, I was a guest. Were you a guest? Yeah. Oh. Both of those people that we were on with. What did we talk about at Flash Gaming Summit last year? Yeah, man, you talked about Spilirium. <laughs> yeah. You were like, it's it's two weeks away from being finished. You said. <laughs> yeah. Well, here we are. Okay, so um, why don't you tell us about Spilirium? Well, it's two weeks away from being finished. Mm-hmm. It's a, uh, it's a, no, it's not. It's a, uh, it's a graphic adventure word puzzle mashup game. So uh, if you've played something like Puzzle Quest, it's kind of like that. It's where they take, you know, Puzzle Quest is like an RPG, and they're like, instead of fighting monsters with a sword, why don't you fight monsters with Bejeweled? So Spilirium is like that. It's like, uh, it's like a graphic adventure game in the style of Loom or Monkey Island. Um, but instead of solving puzzles with item manipulation, which is what a lot of them do, it's like use the rubber chicken with the pulley in the middle on the rope. Instead of that, it's, uh, why don't you play a word game instead? And, uh, the word game is leveraged against this, uh, like a secondary puzzle. So the examples I always give are, uh, early in the game, you got to shear a sheep by spelling words that are synonymous with cut, like trim, chop, uh, buzz, um, a clip, anything you can think of like that. And then uh, you have to dye the wool red, and you dye the wool red by using only the red tiles that are in the grid. That's a separate puzzle. And then in a third puzzle, you got to spin the wool into yarn. And to do that, you got to make words uh, across, down, back, and up, like in a circular motion to turn the spinning wheel. So every single time in the puzzles, we're leveraging uh, sort of something new from the mechanic that we can read, uh, you know, what the player's doing. And uh, it sets up some really interesting puzzles. There's like creature battles yeah. later. I don't know. That's the that's the uh, that's the one minute elevator pitch. Okay, cool. And so, how many sort of individual puzzles and things have you got? Uh, so far, let me think. I believe it's twenty one or twenty two. Uh, I'd like to get a few more in there before the before the game is done. But um, half of those are creature battles, and creature battles are recurring. So um, you'll fight creatures more than once. Right. So and. What's happening with the the crowdfunding thing you're doing for this then? Yeah, so uh, what's happening is uh, we got an alpha together and the alpha, uh, it's a three-act thing with a prologue and the third act of the three-act thing is not a thing. So we're trying to make it a thing by crowdfunding. Uh, the other thing, the big thing that's missing is sound, so all voiceover, sound effects, and music. So we're, what we're hoping to do is raise, crowd, raise crowdfunding support by doing a pre-order campaign that we'll be able to finish it with uh, voiceover and the third act. Uh, so those are the two big things. Those are the ones that are sort of easy to sell people on. And then the uh, the three sort of soft things are like, who cares, I'm not going to give you money for that, things are uh, 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 cocaine, no, um, the polish, 
playtesting, and balance. So balance is a big issue. It's really tricky because not everybody that we've tested with is good at word games and some people you know really want to play the game but can't make a three-letter word to save their life and other people have told me you know they, they play Scrabble in clubs and you know they're, they're total logophiles and then they're saying that it's too easy so it's really tricky to find that that mix of ability with players and I'm hoping that just by having a lot more people in the game and playing it we'll be able to figure that out a bit better. So um, you've had quite an eventful campaign already, right? So why don't you tell us about what, what's happened so far? Uh, <laughs> talking about internet problems, it was funny. The night that, that I was trying to launch the campaign, I had some press lined up from a couple of outlets that I talked to. And, you know, we're dealing with time difference and everything. So I knew I, I don't understand how time works, especially in crazy places like the UK. I don't know why you just can't have normal time like everybody else. But uh, so I knew that I, you know, there were these articles that were launching and I was trying to get the campaign up and running. And then my service provider thought it would be the best, the best week to have, you know, sort of service outages at one in the morning every single night. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm ticking along and I had all of the, uh, the, the, there's PC and Mac builds. So I had all the reward tiers for the PC up and launched and then, uh, like kaput my internet connection went out and thankfully i don't live in a rural area i live in downtown toronto so i was able to i had to pack up my computers and like go down the street and hook them all up and i, I actually launched the spelerium campaign from a uh like a, like a 24-hour internet cafe that was gross by the way i'm just gonna say it was it like was super yucky and the just the table, like they washed the floors while I was there. So I know the floors are okay, but there was something so unwholesome about the table. And there was a dude, I'm like, there was a dude there. It was, it was two, three in the morning. And there was a dude in the corner playing League of Legends with people in, in New Zealand. It was insane. Anyway, uh, so I, I, I launched the campaign from the internet cafe. Cool, fine. The next day, what happened? Uh, the next day, one of my former interns uh, tweeted at uh, Tim Schafer and Ron Gilbert, who are two uh, former LucasArts uh, graphic venture game developers who are, you know, very well respected and admired. And uh, and he said, you know, he said, hey, check out this this game. Wait, do you hear my kids playing accordion in the next room? Uh, it's not that bad. It's fine. Just okay. Good. Good. So when you tell your children to be to be quiet for half an hour, <laughs> the first thing they reach for is like, where's that harmonica? I gotta... Anyway, so the intern tweeted, this is intern Mo, he tweeted these two, or former intern Mo, tweeted these two guys, and uh, and Tim Schafer came back and quipped, what's the game called? Database connection denied? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, that was, that's a weird joke. <laughs> and so I looked at the site, and the site was like, so down like it could not have been more down it wasn't just like oh can't access site it was like no database connection house on fire all this crazy stuff so i was like ah what do i do um and then i found out it was because uh uh taiko brahi jerry jerry holkins from penny arcade had tweeted it and he said fine 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 i'll buy your freaking game he used other language but he said i'll buy your game and so everybody who's following that guy you know piled on and killed everything and now it's it was really cool that he tweeted that because the like, Spelerium exists because of Jerry Holkins on Penny Arcade. Like, seven seven years ago or six years ago, he did this review of Bookworm Adventure, and he described this amazing, fantastic word game that I thought was going to be really cool. And, and I played Bookworm Adventure, and while it would have been fine without his review, because his review was, like, so, like, hyperbolic and, cr and he just, like, talked it up so much... Pokemon Adventure could never match up to that expectation, right? So uh, the trouble is that I still had the game that Jerry described in my head, and 
I had I had to build it. So you know, here we are six six seven years later, and uh, I'm I'm in the home stretch. So anyway, so he tweets about it. Site goes down. And then, like, it was the weirdest thing. I called my provider, my host, and like, oh, you know, can you guys just do something, like, lift some sort of cap or something just for, like, a few hours so that people can get into the site? And the guy's like, well, um, have you have you upgraded your server yet, sir? I'm like, well, no, I, ha I haven't. What do you mean? And he said, well, you know, go here, go to this tab, pull down this thing. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He says, and push the button that says upgrade server. I'm like, okay, so I, I pushed the button. And then he's like, uh, congratulations, your server now has double the memory that it had. And I'm like, cool. And then the site was back up. And he said, any other questions? I'm like, well, yeah, I guess my, my only other question is, like, why, why, did I, why did I have to push that button? Like, why didn't you push that button, like, a year ago? I, I would have... I would have been fine with that. Like, you didn't need to authorize pushing that button, double the memory for free. I'm fine. That's great. And he said, well, we really wanted you to know that we were, you know, just doing you solid. And I'm like, oh, my God, it's insane. So so that <laughs> happened. That was crazy. And then the third crazy weird thing that happened, and this is weird. Like, this is just straight up weird. So I was on Facebook with a colleague of mine. She was, you know, she was, uh, she was talking about the game. And I think that she was having trouble with one of the challenges. And I said, well, don't worry. Uh one of the design decisions that we made that was really hard for me to put in there because you know as game developers we want to make it so that ah only only if you're worthy can you get through this game or only if you prove yourself um so i, I actually built spelerium so that even if you're not worthy or even if you know if you screw up a challenge or whatever it's cool like it carries on because you know we're spending all this time and money and effort on on this cool story that we're telling and I want people to see it. So I told her, I said like, I, I, you know, I resent games like Portal where like in Portal right now, this is the first Portal. I haven't even played the second Portal because I haven't gotten out of the first Portal because I'm stuck on the stupid elevator shaft level and I can't, I've been stuck for years and I would glad, like I just want to get out of that level and carry on with the rest of the game. So I said I designed Spelerium so that, you know, it, you can you, you never get stuck like that. Yeah. And uh, and she said something like, "Oh, shakes fist at portal." So we you know we were joking around. About half an hour later, I'm seeing the names fly by people who are you know supporting us uh, with Spelerium and, and and signing up and everything, and uh, and Kim Swift's name goes by, and I thought, well, that's weird. I think Kim Swift isn't Kim Swift Kim Swift one of the original developers of Portal? I thought, well, it's like a like a white girl name it's probably like a common i don't know like it's you know it's, it's probably just a common name and then like i get a tweet from her you know just soon after that i'm like no it was freaking kim swift who developed the game we were just just wrecking on on facebook so that was you know that was wild so it was a really kind of like roller coastery first kind of day but uh you know it's it's cool and then second day nothing just crickets for hours. oh really nothing at all on the next well i've seen that before like when people do like uh, oh here's how my crowdfunding campaign worked i always see their graphs and their graphs are like bang you know huge spike day one and then a complete flat line drop off so like there's mom mom and uncle fred are day one and then it drops right off and then there's a slow ramp up to the fevered you know ending kind of climactic orgasmic thing at the end yeah and I guess the the good thing about the way you're doing it is that there's no sort of fixed cutoff and you sort of get the money, whatever. I don't see. It's a real grand experiment, right? I don't know if that's a good way to do it. Uh, there's something about the end of a Kickstarter campaign. 
where it's like, oh, you know, we've only got so many hours to go and we're this close to our total that really has people sort of piling on in, 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 in droves, you know, when it goes really well. So yeah. we don't have that. Um, the cool thing, though, is that I can kind of manufacture that. We might do this. So this is a sneak preview. This is something I'm thinking about doing. So I thought about shooting a video that has the team in the office and we're all like sweaty and one guy is probably dead like in the corner. And I, I'll say in the video like, you know, we raised the money. Thanks for the support. But we forgot to budget air holes for the office and we're all on the brink of suffocation. So I'm going to put like a time limit on it and say like, please, <laughs> let's get to this target so we can drill air holes in the untold entertainment office. So, uh, you know, something like that, you can manufacture the climax. And then the funny thing about that is that, you know, if that doesn't do the trick, uh, we can manufacture multiple climaxes, right? So we can say, Oh, that was, you know, that was sort of the push yeah. to get, you know, the VO support raised, you know, <laughs> But you see, the other like, thing is that I mean, you could always, you could always still do like a, an Indiegogo if you wanted to, right? Yeah, I was thinking about it. Like, I thought, like, what if I just set up like a Kickstarter campaign? Like, the video's all done. Like, set up a Kickstarter campaign for five bucks, and I just have a link on Kickstarter that boots you out to our campaign, right? Like, everyone said, oh, don't, don't do your own campaign because then you don't get all the traffic that Kickstarter gives you. Well, if it's just a matter of getting traffic that Kickstarter gives me. You know, I don't know if they'd be too happy with me, but I could put a $5 campaign up there and then it's live forever. And then there's a link that bounces you out to like the permanent independent campaign, right? I don't know. Is that? <laughs> yeah, I don't think I don't think they'd approve that because I was thinking about this because there are people that have got games that are actually finished and they sort of pretend to do they like go through the motions of doing Kickstarters that they don't really need just because they want to be on that. It's a really good like. It's a marketplace, I guess. It's like a way of yeah. I can, I can assure you that the Spillerium is is not finished. But yeah, like it was. It wasn't long ago that Kickstarter launched this. Uh, they put this <laughs> uh, uh, credo on the site that said Kickstarter is not a store, and it was to combat you know people who were doing exactly that. There was another. Yeah. Uh, what was the other thing that they were doing? Uh, yeah, you can't do that. Oh, I, I forget what I was going to say, but. Uh, yeah, I don't know if gaming them is the best idea. No. So, I mean, they wouldn't allow it because they approve every campaign manually anyway, don't they? So. Well, they do. They approve every campaign, but, but like, check this out. Double Fine Adventure, and I, th I think others, um, like, the you know, the big uh, uh, Double Fine Kickstarter that, that kicked everything off for Kickstarter. Kickstarter, Kickstarter, basically, is what it did. Um, yeah. But they they have like an external link and i think they call it slacker backers where if you didn't get in on the kickstarter campaign you can you know give them money and i think tim schafer said in yeah. one of the recent videos like that accounted for 10 percent or something of their take so right. i mean it's it's significant yeah so uh this is the creative coding podcast so do you want to talk anything about the sort of development of the game yeah, for sure. I'd love to. Or is that, is that not a good subject? <laughs> no, no, it's totally... <laughs> okay. I see where you're going. Um, no, I can talk about the sort of the code that it's built on. We, um, years and years ago, we had a client come to us and say, we want you to build a graphic adventure game. And if you don't know me, I write about them a lot. I talk about them a lot. And I'm really pretty obnoxious about it. I just love graphic adventure games. It's actually the reason I got into building games. Um, so when this client came to us and said, build this graphic adventure game for us, we kind of went over budget, like we doubled the budget and I, put, I matched them dollar for dollar so that we could build a framework um, so that 
I could build graphic adventure games more easily because that's like all I all I wanted to do. I didn't want to stop at one. I wanted to build as many as possible. So I built this thing called UGAGS, which stands for the Untold Graphic Adventure Game System. Built that first game, and then I went to a game jam and I built a second game with it. And then another client came to me and I sold them on a graphic adventure game. So we built a third game with it. So the second game was uh, second game was Heads. Third game was called Summer in Smollywood. And then the fourth game was Sissy's Magical Pony Corn Adventure, which we made at the Yay. Game Jam the following year. <laughs> so, uh, so we built that with UGAGS, and then we built uh, the next year at Toe Jam. We built. Oh, uh, the client came back, and we upgraded UGAGS so that we could do voiceover with it. And then the next year uh, at Toe Jam, we did Project Overboard, which was like a 40-person uh, Game Jam team. So we built Head of the Gorgon, which has been at like 97% completion for the longest time. So Head of the Gorgon is in development, but it's just a matter of tweaking a few of the uh, like dialogue lines, and that's ready to go. Um, and then we built, oh, we had a, a team into the office called Yo-Yo Bolo Games, and they actually used UGAGS to build uh, something called New School Blues, which we published, so you can get that on Android and, and uh, the iPad. So it's a really nice little short adventure game um, that's great for kids, and it's about, uh, you know, uh, like an elementary school student. So it's cute. Check that out. Um, and I think the seventh game, are we up to seven now? The seventh game is Spelerium that's been built in UGAGS. So what UGAGS actually is, is it's, uh, I mean, my idea was... You will build this engine, this graphic adventure game engine, but all of the crucial game logic will be stored in external XML files, so that later on, if I want to uh, right. build, uh, you know, build the engine in a, in a, on a different platform, then I, I I port the engine and all of the games still work. So now I have seven games running on a different platform. Like that's the idea. Um, right. Currently, we're we're not quite at that goal yet because. Um, all of the logic is fine. All of the logic is in XML files, most of it. Um, but the piece that's not is the whole display layer. So everything's really intrinsically tied to Flash right now. Um, so I would like to modify it so that it pulls in, uh, you know, sprite sheets and gets external assets for its graphics and has an animation manager and, you know, it'll flip cells and everything. So I want to get it to that point. Once it's at that point, then we can start really working on the tool that lets other people yeah. use it. So a lot of people are really interested in UGAGS. They're asking me how they can use it and build their own games with it. So since we're not quite ready to go yet, and, and you know, we had Yo-Yo Bolo build their game, but they were, like, embedded, like, they were in the office, and whenever they had problems with you, and they had our source code, this is the other thing, is you need full source right now to be able to build with it. So so that's no good. Um, but what we're doing with the Spelerium campaign that's really cool is, uh, and we're releasing a video on this next week, um, we've made it so that you can flip a switch and run the game and all the XML files are there and they're live so you can like change the XML files and then run the game and your changes are immediately reflected in the game so you can do stuff like you can have two characters or three characters who never interact in the game together and you can have them on the screen at the same time and you can make them say whatever you want to each other you can access any of their sort of library animations to do you know I don't know crazy things um, so you can kind of like like build your own scenes with it. It's a little bit techy, but I thought you know people would be kind of interested to do that. And I'd really love to see if people were interested if they could you know maybe shoot some YouTube videos and pop what they've done up on YouTube. Um, the other neat thing is that we're we're really trying to find voices for the characters. So we've set it up so that you can actually link to um, 
like a like a wave file, so you can link different dialogue lines that the characters say to wave files. Right. So it'd be neat to hear people like recording their voices or putting like celebrities' voices in there. It's like, oh, I really see this guy doing this 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 character's voice. I don't know. I, I, I hope that'll <laughs> happen. I'd love to see that happen. Cool. And are you going to be on mobile and stuff as well for Spellarium or not? Yeah, a lot of people ask. It would be a great game for a tablet. Um, the trouble is. Uh, Financially speaking, uh, you know, if you're on, if you're a PC downloadable game, if you're on Steam, you can sell the game for 10, 15, 20 bucks. Uh, if you're on mobile, ain't no way you're getting away with a price like that. You know, yeah. it's like 99 cents is the no. highest price you can go, and even that's too expensive. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a really tricky situation that because you basically have to do huge numbers of sales, otherwise it's not worth it. Yeah, like I'm really interested to see when um, when Firaxis puts XCOM, they say it's like a direct port of XCOM. So how's that going to work? Like it's 30, 40 bucks on like Steam, but what are you going to download it for 99 cents on the iPad? Like how's that going to go? Well, I mean, I think iPad games go up to about seven pounds, which is probably about ten dollars. But what is that in like normal normal people money? Ten dollars. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, like any of the Square stuff, like their their uh, Final Fantasy Tactics and stuff, they're selling for like forty, thirty, forty bucks or something ridiculous. Oh, really? They are. The thing is about that is that is it's, it's I think it, you should charge based on like what the experience is to the end user. Like people often sort of say that it's like charged like by inch, so. Like console games are the most expensive. You play them on a big TV, and then PC games are cheaper. You pay them on like a smaller monitor, and then mobile tablet, and then tablet, and then mobile are like the ninety nine P ones because, or the ninety nine cent ones because the screen size is small and it and it sort of diminishes the experience. And I sort of agree with that. That's the worst. That's the like, worst argument I've ever heard in my entire life. That's ridiculous. Well, no, that's just that is just how it's happened to work out, though, isn't it? You can't deny that it's true when you look at the prices. It's getting less true, though. Check it out, Ian. Like, it used to be that you could release uh, separate apps, right, on the iPhone and the iPad. And the iPhone thing would be, like, 99 cents, and on iPad you'd charge 2 bucks or 3 bucks for it. But now people are like, oh, I you know, I want to pay the same price on the iPhone as I do on the iPad. So now the iPhone 1 and the iPad 1, even though it's totally separate development streams, are both 99 cents. And then people are like, well, I don't want to pay for the game twice. I've got an iPhone and an iPad. So I want to pay once and get a universal app that's available on both. So now you're giving away the game on, you know, two simultaneous yeah. platforms. I, You know, I don't I don't know if I buy the, like, I get the idea behind the buy the inch thing, but, like, I can take my iPad and jacket. I've got, like, the H, I can take my iPad and jacket. Period. End of podcast. No. I can take my iPhone <laughs> and I can plug it into my TV. Like, like I've got, like, the HDMI out thing. Right. And that's how my wife and I have been watching, like, Walking Dead or whatever. So, you know, I can I can see my games on a TV, no problem. If I want, to, sure. if I want my, my daughters to play a game with me, I'll, I'll put it on the TV. So, I, you know, it's, it's tough. Like, I remember the days. I remember the days. This is going to be a gaming grandpa moment for a second. <laughs> when I would walk in, and I remember The Secret of Monkey Island 2, The Chuck's Revenge, which is like my favorite game ever. It's a Ron Gilbert game. I spent, I think, $70 on it, which is about 8,000 8, Great British pounds <laughs> sterling, I think. 
Is that? Uh, did I get the, I'm not great at math, but I mean, what what anyway, year was, was what year was this as well with inflation? Uh, 1492. I was um, uh, 19. I guess what did it come out? 1994, 93 or 94? I think it was like the same year as Jurassic Park. Is that right? No, no, no. Monkey Island came out in yeah. uh, 90. So I think yeah. So I mean, games part two games were 92. crazy expensive back then. Games were crazy expensive back then, and the annoying thing about games in general is that as it's as it's got easier to make them, like the the value of them has gone down, like the scarcity value, right? So, okay, I'll challenge you here, though. That's the whole problem. Were they crazy expensive? Like I seventy bucks? Okay, fine. You go watch a movie, and at that time I was paying eight dollars for a movie, and it would give me two hours of enjoyment, right? If I paid seventy dollars, I could get multiple hours of enjoyment, of entertainment enjoyment from a video game, right? And something like you go buy Civilization, and people are still, you know, decades later they're playing Civilization. So like, to to pay sixty, seventy bucks for a game that you are going to be playing for two more decades. Is that really crazy expensive to me? That's, I mean, that's a that's a steal. Yeah. So was it crazy expensive? I would say yes, it was. Seb had a question for you. Was that him? Was that him at the door? The, Seb's question I just, was. I like, wanted to ask Creighton a question. Yeah, it was. Yeah, that was that was <laughs> that was him. He's he he wants to know, um, like, why not just make a game that's like quicker to make, and then it won't take you like ages. <laughs> Because <laughs> if I could go back in time, okay, here's the original thinking, Ian, and maybe you can appreciate this. Um, so I got my start making like little advert games for uh, sugar cereals for kids. So it'd be like, you know, oh, general tasty snack cereal, and then I'd make some st stupid, you know, small web game. It would take me like a week, two weeks to build. And, you know, I was really fast. I could code them and bang them out, like, really quickly. But they were pretty crap. And I did that for seven years. And then I left. And then, uh, you know, a lot of the business came from uh, children's television broadcasters. And it was kind of a similar world. It was almost worse because... I shouldn't say it was almost worse because I'm still in that world. But um, because a lot of the stuff was government-funded, um, it didn't matter if the audience liked the game. Like, at least back in the old job of the broadcaster, we were measuring views and, and, and looking at the forums and seeing if the audience really liked the game. But in a government-funded scenario, the only thing that matters is that, you know, you proposed to make a game with this money, you made a game with the money, yes, it's a game, carry on. You know, like, it didn't matter if the game was like necessarily good or not right yeah. so you know i have i have spent a decade making games that nobody gives a shit about they're small little tiny games that nobody cares about you know there's not a lot of passion in them there's not a lot of artistry and i thought man i would like to build just one if i get one in my entire career i would like to build one game that i care deeply about that is a long play experience for players that they, it's something they can really invest in they can really get behind the characters they can really be engaged in the story that they can play across multiple sittings so they can come back to it because it was too long to finish the first time they jumped in there and just something that they can really get behind that i can really pour my heart into 
one game, and I wanted one game that I didn't have to apologize for. So many of these other games, these little games that I'm building, it's like, yo, what are we going to do? I don't know, let's rip off Centipede, let's rip off Pac-Man, let's rip off Angry Birds. They're all just clones, and you just put, like, serial mascots, or, like, the show characters on the sprites. And it's soulless, and it's awful, and I want it to stop. Spelerium is the one, it's the one thing, Ian, in my career that will make that stop. It'll make the hurting and the anguish stop. And I just, if I get it out, if I get it out, I will, I will have done it. And then I can go back, I'll make, I'll make crappy little web games for the rest of my life. I just want, I just want one, Ian. Just give me one. Just give me this one game, please. Okay. You may have one. I... For the record, I feel exactly the same way. Like, I mean, what you could be describing is you could be describing my career, essentially. Right. And I mean, like, it's soulless, right? I'm sure every I'm sure there are filmmakers out there who like their whole career is shooting music videos for people nobody cares about. Right. Or like who are doing like their whole career I mean, is shooting training yeah, videos for like high school science yeah. classes or whatever. Oh, sorry. I know a guy who actually does that. I don't want him to think that I'm <laughs> sure. I'm, uh, I'm I mean. The thing is, like, I was, I was, I was lucky, like, early on in my career that I happened to work for a studio who we were able to make a few of our own games, and it was really good. And that was where I made things like Stackopolis and Zwok that were like really cool, and that was really good. And then that has proved to sort of just be the an exception, really, to the rule of like how the rest of my career has gone but um yeah the exact same thing happened to me at the broadcast and it's we so had... funny now because it, it sorry it, i was just gonna say it's so funny now because there's all these guys who have come into the industry who are like 24 and like they can't even program they're doing stuff in game maker and they're all like winning the igf awards and all of this stuff and it's just like what what how like how is that allowed <laughs> why wasn't i allowed to do that i know right like i kid I, you know when people are like oh i'd really like to get uh I'd really like to get into the game industry i say okay cool what like what do you do i've got a lot of great ideas I'm like awesome you know that and you know a buck 50 will get you a ride on the bus so like <laughs> yeah it, you know if we had the tools if you and i had the tools ian back in the day this is old man complaining yes yeah. but if we had the tools man <laughs> Man, look out. Yeah. And don't, like, don't get me started on multiplayer stuff. Oh, man, the multiplayer stuff right now is insane. And I could have made, oh, so many, oh, there are so many things. It's really funny. I'm working with a client right now um, who's building a thing uh, that's sort of like, uh, I, it, it's a thing, it's sort of like a two-box experience for TV shows that I, like, came up with and pitched back when I was working at the broadcaster but the technology like just com like it completely didn't exist then to do it so I was like oh no no Creighton you're crazy and now you know they're, they're building it because the technology does does exist so I mean like it's it's really hard to 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 stay in step with your with your dreams when it comes to technology and with this whole like flash thing man I really feel like man screw eggheads am I right do you know what I'm saying <laughs> Uh, screw eggheads because eggheads screw just everything up so what I'm saying eggheads like everything was was fine like everything was fine with the way games <laughs> were working it was okay you can play them on your browser cool you could you know 
you can you can play them on mobile browsers. That was totally cool. You could now you know because of Air, you could take them and you could put them on the desktop. That was totally cool. And then Egghead number one, like the chief Egghead in the world, Steve Jobs goes to the mic and he's like, "Hey, I don't like Flash." And then he leaves. And now now because of that, because and you know what? I will I will say it. I yeah. will say because of that. I don't care if the man is dead. I will go to his grave and I will say it. I will I will say that to his tombstone if they ever let me in the the gated cemetery where he's probably buried. I will say it. You're an because you screwed up everybody's career. Everybody was using oh. Flash. You screwed it up. It, there was nothing. There was nothing wrong with it. The whole it was working, Ian. It was all working, and now we got to learn HTML5, <laughs> which won't be working for. Four years! Like, it's not working now. People are like, oh yeah, I love HTML5. I'm like, well, how many sounds can you play in it? They're like, one. And then I'm like, well, what this sh one sound? And then another guy's like, well, technically, if you, you know... Oh, don't swear, don't swear, don't oh, sorry, swear. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Can we... Don't sorry. swear, Ryan. I get passionate. But like, you know... I'll bleep it, I'll have to bleep that. Some, it's fine. <laughs> some other nerd comes in and goes, well, you know, technically, you can... Uh, you can install another framework that allows you to make more sounds, but like it's like so da. We've been able to do multiple sounds for ten years in games easily. Like it's been easy. Why do we have to make things more complicated, and more difficult? I don't understand it. Oh well, really? And you, like you know, I'll fight you on this because you're like, look at all the bunnies we can put. Look, we can have eighty-five thousand sprites on the screen, and that's why we're getting rid of Flash. I have never wanted to build a game with eighty-five thousand sprites on the screen. I build graphic adventure games. You got a background. You got a guy walking around. I'm done. I don't need eighty-five thousand sprites. <laughs> Maybe other people do. You know what? I don't like playing eighty-five thousand sprite games. What can you build with an 85,000 sprite game? You can build bullet hell games? I don't enjoy those. I just, I don't dig them. Yeah, so... I'm done, I think. I'll calm down. <laughs> I'm done. Tired I like over. that. I think that's a good bombshell to, to leave it on because we've got this half-hour format now anyway, so... Uh, I think we can just leave it on that bombshell. Sure. Ryan flips out. Has a big cry. Ryan, where should people go? Where should people go to support this madness? They should support this. First of all, there's the selfish reason you should support it, and then there's the the empathetic reason you should support it. No, I don't. I don't. I'm not. I'm not interested why they should support it. Like, where where do they need to go? Oh God. Okay. Spelirium.com. Spelirium is like the word delirium with the word spell at the beginning. So it's S P E L L I R I U M. Com. I should probably, um, what, like, register all the different misspellings and stuff? No, don't worry. Um, thanks for coming on the show, dude, and uh, I'll, we'll have you on again soon, I'm sure. <laughs> thanks so much, Ian. Bye! Bye.